All right, everyone. How are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have... Hello, it's uh, James Robinson. All right, James. Um, let the people know uh, what teams you play for, uh, what organizations you run, etc. Yeah, so um, I, I run uh, Southwest Dodgeball, um, and currently um, I'm the chair of the um, Chippenham Chargers Dodgeball Club, um, and I also help run sessions um at uh, junior sessions at uh, the trowbridge tigers uh, dodgeball club um and fairly recently um passed on the bath spartans dodgeball club over to caitlin who you had on uh, a couple of episodes, episodes oh, ago. oh yeah i think i think she mentioned that um a little passing of the torch there yes yeah, no, it's, uh, it, was, it was becoming uh, a hard task to try and juggle as, as many clubs and commitments as, as I had. So it was um, it was about time to, to to pass the baton on, like you say, Sergio. <laughs> nice. Um, so let's get some preliminaries out of the way. So what's the jersey number you play with and what's the story behind it? Uh, so I've had a few different numbers, um, depending depending on a variety of things, really. But I mean, my my favourite number is um, is the number twenty two. Um, my birthday is the twenty second of May, and just always like the number twenty two. Um, but uh, I've sort of had various different numbers for various different reasons. So when we when we went on a um, a tour to uh, play uh, teams in the Czech Republic in Prague. Um, I just decided to have the number 20 on the back because it happened to be the year 2020 that we, we managed to make that tour in January. Um, mm. And like the, for the Trowbridge team, for example, I've got the number 27 because I live in Trowbridge and that's my house number. So <laughs> sometimes, there's a, sometimes it's just a quirky story, but I've got more more kits with the number 22 than I have anything else just because it's my favourite number, basically. Nice. You, you went on a tour in Croatia right before uh, everything shut down? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we um, so we amalgamated um, quite a few of us. So I think it was about 18, 19 of us that went over there. Um, and um, yeah, we, we I'd, a couple of years prior, um, my wife Lily and I went on holiday to, to Prague just for a city break. And um, whilst we were there, I saw that there was a club in, in Prague and um, I got in touch with them as like, oh, when do you train? Can we come along? So we did. Um, it's a bit of a language barrier, but we got there in the end and um, had a fantastic time just sort of doing a good hour and a half, two hours training with them and then went went for a couple of beers with them afterwards. And then I said, look, next next time I come, I will bring, you know, a team or two. And we ended up bringing three. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give it a go. And um, yeah, they, they organised a, a fabulous tournament and we played um, yeah, all of the pretty much all of the Czech clubs that were around at that time. So there was, um, there was, I can't remember all their names to be perfectly honest with you. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to pronounce all of them, but yeah, they all, all came over to Prague and um, yeah, that we, we got, we got soundly beaten, but uh, we had a great time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a fun time. Um, it's funny you mentioned Croatia because uh, I guess I found out, I found out after this past Euros um, as of recording this past weekend, um, that that's where the next Euros is going to be. So uh, I'm like 90% certain I'll be there uh, oh, oh, next sorry. October, apparently. I should correct you, though, Sergio. It was, it was a Czech, Czech Republic, not Croatia, that we went to. But I'm, oh. I'm but uh, I don't I don't, I don't think they're too far away from one another, anyway. But, yeah, um, oh, I could have sworn but, I thought uh, I heard you say Croatia. 
No, it's, it's okay. No, I'm I'm keen to go out there to Croatia next year as well. It's, uh, I think it's going to be in uh, in Split, which is like right by the coast as well. So it'd be like a, a holiday come dodgeball holiday. <laughs> Should be wonderful. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's let's go back in time. Um, when did you when did you start playing uh, dodgeball, and what was your first impression like at your session? Uh, so. Um, I started playing um, at university, um, and that was back in 2013, I think it was, off the top of my head. Um, and basically, it came about because two of my friends just had just watched the film Dodgeball and were like, "Oh, we should, you know, we should give this a go. We should, we could make this a university thing." They did a bit of research and found that there were all these clubs around the UK. So then we just did like a, few, a couple of taster sessions, and they let me know about it and. I think initially we weren't didn't actually have proper dodgeballs. We were throwing like volleyballs at each other, but <laughs> it was it was outside and like you know the courts were quite big that we made and yeah we just gave it a go. So yeah, that was kind of my first first step into the sport, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. Really. What was the university you went to? Uh, so it was Bath Spa University. Um, so there's two two universities in Bath. There's there's just a plain Bath University, which is the much larger university with a huge huge amount of facilities and then Bath Spa University is slightly outside of the city um and quite quite a bit smaller but um yeah we managed to have uh, a good few years of running the uh running the dodgeball club there and what was uh your first impression um oh just so much fun um I mean I played I played lots of sport prior to that anyway lots of I played uh, rugby and football and tennis but um you know you know just really really enjoyed enjoyed all elements of it really you know being coming from rugby into dodgeball catching was a fairly sort of strong part of my game initially and um yeah just just was hooked instantly just wanted to to play more and more what was it about it, the <clears throat> the initial game uh, that you played or the initial games you played that hooked you right away? Was it the ability that you had innately to catch or was it just the people you had around you or simply the fact that you could just throw a ball at someone, hit them, and it wouldn't be much of it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, it's always whenever I play now and even back then, there's great to be able to throw a dodgeball and get your frustrations out, definitely. But I think, yeah, it was the group. It was the group of people more than anything because we were all just really good mates. See, we'd... We'd all met each other in our, in our over the course of our first year of university, and um, you know, used to go, you know, go out on nights out and all the rest of it, and spend lots of time with each other, you know, outside of studying, etc. So, yeah, it was nice to sort of do something that was, you know, not a little bit competitive, but mainly fun. And that's how it kind of started for the team over at uni, really. Mm. So you said you started in 2013, um, and then after. Let's say after university, what was your first official or a community club, as you guys would call it? Yeah, so after graduating, I wanted to keep playing. Um, so um, I established the Bath Spartans Dodgeball Club, um, managed to get that fun get funding through um, the local sort of sports authority, um, West of England Sport at the time. Um, and um, yeah, we initially it was a sort of age 14 plus because we kind of knew that like there would be an interest from the kind of that age you know, to try and get you know generate enough members to succeed and um 
yeah, there's a few teething problems as as any new club has. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's kind of where where I started. Obviously, I had to go through quite a few, um, you know, red tape, having to get you know, obviously, you know, like DBS check and completing the co- coaching qualification, first aid, and all that sort of stuff that you obviously have to do to make sure that you abide by all the rules you need to. But um, yeah, and then yeah, that's been running now since uh since 2015 so um in fact it's almost it'll be a couple well start of september will be it's it's seventh birthday as a as a club which um yeah i can't quite believe it's we've managed to make it a, a successful that long but uh no it's uh it's been really good fun so a couple things you said you started bath spartans right yes yeah so i actually on a random whim, bought one of those kits uh, from the kit cult. Shout out uh, Aldred. Um, I got the number ten jersey, and uh, that definitely looks that definitely looks sick for sure. Uh, I had no idea you, um, you made that. Second, for the people, let's say for the people in the stateside, we don't have what you call a sports authority. Kind of explain right. um, what that is and how they help develop clubs in sport overall um, for the people who don't know. And that would be more so for the stateside audience and anything. Yeah, sure. Of course. And um, so um, in the UK, um, the, our government will um, have funding that they, you know, obviously put towards developing sport across, across the country. And it's all sort of regionalized or is, is within sort of counties, um, you know, or if it was, if it was equivalent in the States, I suppose it would be that, each each state would have its own, you know, office that you'd go to if you wanted to set up a dodgeball club. You'd contact them and say, "Oh, I really want to do a dodgeball club on at this 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 time, this location. Um, can you help me out with some money so that we can afford balls and equip other equipment and hire of the hall and all that sort of thing?" Um, that's essentially what they do. So they have various different sort of targets that they're trying to meet so initially when I did it they wanted to try and get um, young people that were over I think it was sort of like teenage age basically or or, so it was 13 to 19 I think was what the target area was to to try and get uh, get young people that don't do much exercise or don't do any exercise to do exercise Um, and as dodgeball you know at, at that particular time wasn't a particularly you know, popular sport, or that there certainly were very, very, very few opportunities for young people to do dodgeball. Um, they they were really pleased to to give me funding and, and support me set that up. So um, yeah, and there's there's various different funding sort of pots that you can apply for. So like there's there's different ones around now. Um, like through Christmas Dodgeball, there's the Girls Dodge Two movement. So um, that's where you're putting on dodgeball sessions specifically for ladies to join um and that, that that's something that i've worked on as well recently and lots of other clubs across the country have done and that's been very successful for quite quite a number of clubs and um you know now there's more you know there's weekly sessions for specifically for ladies to to play which um you know is, is fantastic to get more more women involved in the sport uh, yeah um definitely definitely love that movement um I'll say this publicly uh, for anyone involved in that movement. Um, the offer to uh, be interviewed is an open offer. So hit me up whenever you want that to happen. And um, to kind of discuss uh, 
kind of how things run here in that sense. Uh, we don't have that. We don't have a sports authority. Anything we want to do, we have to pretty much do on our own. Uh, yeah. Collect our own funds. Collect our own. You know, you know, uh, gym set up our own uh, time to do that. So a lot of that comes out of, if not all of that, comes out of the players and organizers' pockets. So it's actually yeah. kind of cool to hear that you have something in the government that helps you in that sense and facilitates that. Because I feel like if we had that here, things would be a little more smoother. Uh, but it's actually pretty cool. You actually had some government funding to help you in that region. Uh, yeah. So you started Bath Spa, or Bath Spartans, sorry. You started Bath Spartans. And uh, can you describe the scene in the Southwest prior to when you started um, Bath Spartans as far as how dodgeball was like overall? Um, so there was very, very little going on outside of a university club or, or team, to be honest. Um, so from memory, I would have said that living in Bath, my nearest community dodgeball club at that time was probably the Wessex Wolves down in Winchester. Mm. Um, which is a good hour, hour and a half away, you know, in the car. It's not, you know, it's obviously not very practical for for me personally if I wanted to keep playing at that time. Um, yeah, and at, at that particular point in 2015, community club-wise, it, it was it was virtually non-existent to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a blank canvas at that point for dodgeball. And it's funny you mentioned uh, Wessex Wolves. Uh, I have a really dear friend of mine who plays on that team. Shout out Vicky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, she, she's cool. She's a wild animal. I love her. So dis- describe. Okay, so you started Bath Spartans. Yeah. How did that? How did that get the ball rolling as far as getting dodgeball started in the Southwest? Because from what I hear, you help essentially start more than one club. Yeah, so um, after running Bath Spartans for a year, I was contacted by um, a chap who was at Birmingham University, um, Rob Rob Lees. Um, he had just finished at Birmingham University and contacted me and said that I'm moving to Bristol to do, I think he was going to do a PhD in Bristol, um, and said that there's nothing going on in Bristol. You've just set up a club in Bath. You know, How did you go about it? could we work together on something? Um, which I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, we got in contact with um, the UK DBA, as it was back then as our national governing body, yep. um, and put in a, a funding application to be able to get that started. So um, it was a bit difficult for me initially to to help them because I, I was, you know, running, a, I had a full-time job and trying to run my own dodgeball club and sort <laughs> of just lend a hand where I could. But um that that was started. That that proved to be very successful. Unfortunately, the, the, the junior side didn't didn't quite work out, but the adult training sessions um, did really well, and that that club is is still going now. Um, it's had a couple of different people lead it since since Rob um, Rob just found. I think partly he didn't partly it was that he didn't like the change of the sport when it went from free ball to five ball, um, and also I think just commitment time wise was just a real real difficulty for him with, I mean, I hate to think I've never done a PhD and, and possibly never will, but I hate to think how much uh, 
time and efforts involved in trying to trying to complete that and maybe try and do something else as well like run a dodgeball club so um so yeah so that initially yeah that that's where I supported with um with the Bristol Spartans um and then a few sort of after running the Bath Spartans for a couple of years um I kind of just thought to myself that it was becoming a bit frustrating that like all the teams you know teams that we could play were such a long distance away um and it was it's just sort of that kind of thought process where I was just thinking well it'd be really good if there was just a club like in the next town or you know within half an hour or so so um I sort of started to look at towns nearby and then I kind of settled on Chippenham as a as a target place now I I'd never been to Chippenham before at this point <laughs> but I contacted I contacted some schools and was like, you know, what what sports facilities have you got? And found that, you know, found a reasonable, reasonably priced gym. It was kind of like about, I don't know, sort of one and a half badminton courts in width and just a little bit longer than that. So quite quite a small hall for dodgeball. But um, we just, I just kind of started there. So I found found that. Then I contacted. Um, so this was a different sports party because Chippenham's in Wiltshire. So. There's baths in another sports authority catchment area. I contacted Wiltshire Sport, did a funding application with them, said, look, we're going to do it for do a club for juniors, which is going to be 11 to 16, and for the first hour, and then the second hour was going to be for adults. And so first session, I think I had, across the two hours, I had five people turn up or something. So it literally <laughs> started from next to nothing. And now it is just gone very very well we have an under 11 session so um generally the kids are sort of 9 10 or 11 years old and we we're regularly getting about 15 every single week to that we've got a junior uh, an under 16 session which gets on average sort of anywhere between 8 8 and 12 turning up and then we've got a really good uh, adult section which um again easily between sort of 12 and 16 people turning up every week for training um so it's it's quite to be honest. I'm probably going to end up answering one of the questions that I think we'll probably got for later on. But one of the things with Chippen and Dodge, Chargers Dodgeball Club is that um, it hasn't got like a a feeder a feeder university, or it hasn't got a you know a connection to something that already exists. So um, a lot of clubs in the UK tend to have sort of sparked from you know off the back of people graduating from university and wanting to keep playing dodgeball in the same city or area that they they were at university, whereas Chippenham is just a, you know, is an organic club. It's, it's grown from from nothing essentially, and um, I think that's, you know, it makes makes it quite a unique situation compared to a lot of the rest of the dodgeball community. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's I've I'd say it's probably my proudest achievement to be honest with you, with uh, with regards to sort of club development and, and on that side, because um, yeah, literally has just started from. From an idea of just wanting to be able to have another team locally to play against, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, 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 it sounds like you pretty much started Southwest Dodgeball. And pardon me if this sounds kind of dismissive or not. Um, sort of by an accident. Like, you, you pretty much just wanted a local team to play against versus the team that you've already developed. But somehow it grew into its own thing. Where now you have, you you mentioned Chittenham, you mentioned Trowbridge early on. Is that is that fair to say that in, in a way that 
you kind of went into this. How do I say this? You wanted to go into it playing locally, but somehow it grew into its own thing that you became the head of the table for, so to speak. Safe to say? Um, yeah, to a, to a certain extent. I mean, um, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, it's like it initially, yeah, it was just, I mean, Southwest Dodgeball was, so that, that was kind of its separate kind of kind of organization to the clubs because the clubs are very much have got their own identity and kind of run run themselves um for me southwest dodgeball kind of it was sparked more out of stuff that i've done with young people and and stuff with schools so um as a part of my work with like west of england sport the people that funded bath spartans they they contacted me and said that you know would you like to come along to this sports festival that we're putting on um, and as part of that, we wondered whether you'd like to do some dodgeball at, at the session for just kids just to have a go at and just see whether they enjoy it. And the idea was that if they were went to schools that were local to, you know, local to Bath, then they would come along to um, come along to the Bath Club, which that was that was kind of like trying to, you know, connect some connect some dots essentially there. Which um, so then that that kind of spiraled a little bit, and then they got me involved in a lot more events, and then they asked me to run some tournaments for them as well with you know for primary school age um which is you know sort of six to eleven and then for secondary school age which is eleven to to sixteen so that that was kind of where southwest dodgeball kind of started and then i sort of started to kind of host my own tournaments through the support of the bath club initially um and kind of found that you know got really good feedback off of that um and then over the years, the events have just become more frequent and, you know, we started our own league sort of the year that, well, the year that COVID struck kind of thing and we didn't actually get the chance to finish the league. Which is <laughs> absolutely gutting. We were, we were basically about, we were one week away. So we had two leagues on the go because of the region's quite large and we had enough teams to justify it. So we were one week away from finishing the Taunton league. And then we were two weeks away from finishing the league that I based in Bath. And literally, it was so so <laughs> agonisingly close to finishing this league. But well, as as we all know, COVID turned the world upside down. So we, a lot of things didn't didn't happen that we wanted them to. But um, yeah. But then since then, we've sort of just I've just kind of restarted everything again. And this last season, we did um, we did uh, community cups twice. We did a Remembrance Sunday tournament. We've done the Taunton League, um, and. Yeah, it's just been quite a busy, busy season as we've kind of got back to the new, the new normal. <laughs> so talk about that. Talk about how easy or difficult it was to restart um, versus how it was to start in the beginning, and what would, what would the differences be, and what would the similarities be in that sense? Um, so the big differences I found was um, the I adults sections really thrived like it seemed that you know people were just fed up with being locked indoors and not being able to do anything and we we actually attracted quite a lot of new new players um during that period which was which was fantastic um and i mean if anything that like it was i don't really know what i did differently marketing wise to be able to get more people to come along but it it just kind of worked it just happened that way that people were keen to get involved so that was fantastic. Um, the only ne- it's only slight negativity. We've seen a, a little bit of a drop in the amount of um, younger people coming along. 
um, to, to give the sport a go. But I don't know whether that's, you know, parents maybe being a bit concerned post-COVID or, I don't know, it could be could be a number of factors that uh, could put them off. But um, generally speaking, I'd, I'd say it's been much, it's much easier to restart than starting from, from nothing, certainly. Because mm. um, you kind of already had a spine of, members and you know already had a location and all that sort of thing and you know it was in that in that regard it was quite uh quite straightforward so um yeah so i want to kind of touch on somebody uh or touch touch on somebody that is influential who we kind of mentioned earlier caitlin barber um yeah. you mentioned passing the torch on to her uh, as far as running uh bath spartans how impactful has she been for that region as a whole? And explain to the listeners why you have that kind of trust in her and what she means to that, the whole community out there overall. So it's, I found it's particularly fitting that she um, has taken on the baton of uh, the, the Bath Spartans Club because when I graduated from Bath Spa University. She took over the Bath Spa University team at that point. So she was in the years, year or two below myself at university. Um, so it's, it's quite fitting that she's taken over the university club I started or helped start. And then she's also taken over the, the community club that I started. So it's sort of like a, mm -hmm. a kind of a, a succession, a succession model that is kind of a bit spooky in a way, but, um, no, she's she's just fantastic. She's such a such an incredible ambassador for for the sport. She's incredibly passionate about the sport. Um, she's incredibly passionate about the Southwest region as well. Um, she's you know often um, having conversations with coaches at other clubs across the region as well to try and you know develop ideas and share ideas and you know to try and you know just essentially better better each other um and i mean she's i'm sure she probably mentioned in her in her podcast as well that you know she's has been with the england um squads in the past and, and learned quite quite a lot from them um and has you know competed you know in national leagues she was in the the mixed uh mixed league team for chip and this last season as well um and yeah she's She's a superb coach. She's fantastic on the graphic design as well and the marketing side of the Dodgeball Club. Um, and yeah, she's, you know, she's just, you know, like I say, just a fantastic ambassador for for the sport and for, you know, the clubs that she runs, but also the wider, wider Southwest kind of community that we've got, um, you know, in the Dodgeball, Dodgeball scene in the UK. That was also... <clears throat> that was also going to be my next question. She did mention that she was a part of the England program. Um, have you ever been a part of the England program? No, I haven't been involved with England. Um, I was involved with um, the Welsh national team for um, a period of time. Um, my, oh, okay. my wife, um, Lily, was played in the played at the um, European Championships in Glasgow, which I think was two thousand and. Is it 17 or 18? I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, 17, I think. 17, yeah. So she she played up there. So that was that was kind of my first experience of international dodgeball. Um, so I come I accompanied her up there and uh, watched watched the team play. And you know, I was just a cheerleader on the side at that point. I wasn't doing anything <laughs> official for them. But um, 
Um, and then when the new management team came in, um, uh, Katie, who took on the management of the Welsh team, asked me whether I would help with sort of, you know, administrative kind of stuff and helping a little bit with the coaching and organising training sessions and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I helped helped out as, as best I possibly could um, during that time. Um, and we went up to the Northern European Championships up in Middlesbrough, um, which, who was there at that time? So it was all the home nations, so England, um, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and then there was Sweden and France. And I, I can't remember if the Republic of Ireland played in that one or not. I don't think they did off the top of my head. Um, so it was a nice, nice little round robin tournament up there. And um, the I can't remember how the men's and the mixed got on or where they placed in the end. But I do remember that the ladies came uh, came third overall, which was an incredible achievement because um, Katie, who was going to play and sort of coach, um, she had injured herself, which is probably the most injury prone dodgeball person I've ever come across. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, so. So it's just left them with with six players. So the fact that they had, you know, the, just just six players and to have come third overall at that tournament um, was an absolutely incredible achievement. But honestly, some of the some of the players that are in that squad there was absolutely incredible. It was particularly on the women's side. Um, we had uh, we had we had, we had Rhiannon, um and um, well, Karen uh, Pickering, obviously you had recently on the on the mm. podcast um, and. Yeah, like you couldn't be pretty much a, a fun to, you know, they just had such brilliant chemistry on the court and, you know, the fact that they played together on in their club teams for quite a long time as well, or at university previously, just, you know, really, really helped, you know, when it came to those difficult moments because, um, yeah, obviously playing, playing with just a squad of six is, is certainly not ideal. Uh, and just for the record, you mean Katie Howard, right? Um, injury prone player. So, who, who was it? I'm trying to remember who was in the squad. So, I think, I think Katie Howard was in the team at that time. I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. I think she was. Um, gosh, that's testing Sergio to remind, remind myself. <laughs> the reason I ask is because a lot of times, and, and I understand, a lot of times uh, when people do interviews, uh, we speak in shorthand. So when you say Katie, it doesn't click to people right away unless they know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, sorry, the, the manager. My apologies. No, the manager was um, a lady called Katie Katie Chapel. Um, so oh, okay. Katie Howard, sorry. Um, yeah, so it's Katie Chapel who was the manager of the Welsh Welsh team at that time. She did, unfortunately she's not involved in in dodgeball anymore. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, she was she was the she was the one who was um, looking after the the team at that time. Okay, so you, you do have some international, not necessarily experience, but you do, you know, you you, you have been a part of a program, not England, but Wales in this sense. Yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, it was, it's still quite such a learning curve because, I mean, some of the, you know, when you get to that stage where you're watching, you know, you're like the World Wales team taking on, you know, some of Europe Europe's best players, but equally you're seeing players that are coming to Wales that have got, you know, an incredible skill set and an incredible amount of experience as well that have played super league or premier league or you know certainly the top you know in the top divisions of the, the english uh english system as well it was um it was a real real eye-opener to see kind of 
you know what what is needed to go from where I was as a coach and as where I was as a player to to be able to try and get somewhere near these guys and I mm. wouldn't class myself as, as ever being a top top player or I think it, it's <laughs> probably beyond beyond me now but um you know it's, uh, just to be able to see kind of what's needed certainly was an eye-opener for me as uh, you know someone who I hope will coach someone who ends up at that uh, at that level <laughs> so We've already touched on your sporting background, so we're going to skip that segment. Um, do you have any role models in dodgeball, and who were your role models growing up? Um, gosh, that's, uh, so I mean, I've always the role models are like within kind of sport. I'd say I've always had you know like my my favourites at the clubs that you know teams that I support. Um, so like I'm a, I'm a big Liverpool football club fan, so players like Steven Gerrard. Um, and um, like Jamie Carragher and you know these 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 guys that played for Liverpool for you know the majority of their career they were they were certainly heroes and sort of kind of role models of mine. Um, on a rugby side, probably um, I mean initially someone like Johnny Wilkinson for winning the Rugby World Cup for for England back in two thousand and three, um, and um, I played. I don't know how familiar you are with, with rugby, Sergio, but I played sort of front row so it's a bit sometimes a bit difficult to find a uh, <laughs> a, a, a player to uh, look up to in that in that position but um probably somebody like uh, I suppose Phil Vickery I suppose probably be quite a good one to, to pick for England and Gloucester but um I mean within the kind of dodgeball scene um I've it's hard to say that I've kind of got uh, a role model as such um on a or maybe someone a, you respect in dodgeball not necessarily role model but someone you respect Sure. Um, I mean, oh, there's some, there's quite a lot of people I could to kind of shout out here. I mean, probably of recent kind of role models and, and of having them as, as teammates, like Tim and Tim and Charlie Day have been a really big, um, you know, influence and, and support support for us in Chippenham as they've been training with us um, over the course of the last season and played with us in our mixed league team. Um, I was, I'd say, actually, actually thinking about it. In more now, but prior to setting up Southwest Dodgeball and kind of doing a lot of the work I did, I actually um I went up to Manchester to visit a chap called um, Chris uh, Riley who was running um, a, a company called uh, Mr Dodgeball, um, which basically had a network of uh, dodgeball clubs and junior dodgeball clubs in the Manchester area. Um, and I visited him just to kind of shadow him and try and understand you know how he juggles as many clubs as he had at that time. Um, which was really interesting because, like Manchester at the time, had um, they only just they'd had the World Cup there. I think about a year year prior to my visit, um, oh. and you know there was quite a lot of money that was you know generated and in, in trying and invested into you know trying to keep a bit of a legacy going with regards to hosting the World Cup. And um, yeah, it was uh, you know I met a few of the Manchester Bees players up there at the time, um, and um, yeah, just to kind of see how you know what what you could achieve you know in a in a in an area you know by connecting with you know a variety of towns in a in a fairly small radius that you could develop you know enough interest of it so that you could run your own tournaments just with the clubs that you've got yourself um and that's what that's what he had going on um i think now now those clubs quite a few of those clubs are still going i don't think he's involved anymore but um 
yeah, he was certainly someone I, I certainly respected and looked up to at the time. And uh, yeah, certainly was, you know, what he was achieving up there was certainly something that um, I, I really wanted to try and emulate. It was just, uh, you know, a bit short of that currently, but you never know in the future. Mm. All right. And I'm going to flip the script on this one. So I know you say you organize a lot, but when you play, who is that one team or player that you love to play against? Who's that rival that is you would consider your Derby day? Like you got to beat this team or you got to match up well against this player. Uh, so we, from, from the very start. So when I played at university and then when I went into playing with Bath, Spartans, we always came across a so it was the Cardiff Dragons at the time that they don't exist anymore, but the kind of the the spine of the team or certainly quite a few of their original members are still involved with what is the current Ronda Dragons. So they're probably a fair a pretty fair rival. Um I'd say just over the sort of the, certainly the the early part of my playing time. I'd say probably more more recently, there's a fair rivalry between the two clubs that I've set up. So between Chippenham and uh, the Bath Spartans team, that's probably quite a big big kind of rivalry as well. Um, to try and narrow it down is is a bit tricky, to be honest with you. I'd- that's fine. We we can go timeline by timeline, beginning, middle, where you are currently. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I think um, yeah, certainly currently, I'd probably say that the rivalry between Bath and uh, Chippenham is probably the the kind of the hottest, but I mean, their rivalry this last season, I was, I was just refereeing. I didn't actually play in it. So I haven't actually played in one of these matches for a few years, but uh, (laughs) maybe, maybe next year that'll be, that'll be the case. I mean, I think probably just as a kind of a, I don't know, probably a friendly rivalry. It'd probably be me and me and Caitlin. Of course. As the two coaches of the teams, me and Caitlin might just be a bit of a friendly rivalry. The master and the protege, is that what it is? Well, maybe, maybe. I think think she's she's more than a more than a protege now. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, as far as your learning tree is concerned, you passed it on to her, but she definitely has a handle on things. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't mean to I didn't mean to like sound dismissive more so like she was under your learning tree and she picked up, you know, your torch, so to speak. So Oh yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, we learned so much off each other. So, um, you know, it's, it's such a, been such a good working relationship and development of, of dodgeball locally. So, um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said hottest rivalry, I was just like, well, the only hottest rivalry we, you have going on right now is between the sun and the entire continent. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> oh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to give a little uh, dig at that. Because to me, that's semi-average California weather. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just find some shade, people. Um, So do you have a pregame ritual before you play as far as, like, any pregame meals, any pregame routes, stretching? Uh, To be honest with you, often it's me running around like a headless chicken trying to make sure everything's in order before we play. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I had enough time for a, uh, a pre-game ritual, but no, a good, a good stretch. Just try and I'm 
I want to at least have thrown a ball at least three or four times before I get actually into a game. Um, and yeah, I mean, I always try to have a decent meal the night before, a bit of pasta or you know, a decent, uh, decent uh, amount of carbs involved in some some form. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I haven't really got a particular particular routine as as such because um, normally time and time and logistics don't allow me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about a pregame playlist or song that you listen to, say on the raid uh, on the road to the gym and whatnot? Oh, so um, so my my good friend who plays um, is the current captain of the Chippenham team, Scotty Eanes, is from um, is from your neck of the woods, actually near uh, near San Francisco. Um, and oh, a big big Golden State Warriors fan. So he introduced me to the song, which I can't remember who it's by, but it's basically "Win," and it's just "Win." Win, 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 win. You know, we probably know it. Might know it. I might play it to you afterwards, and hopefully we can figure out who it's by. But um, oh, wait a minute, hold on. It was I know what after it... the after the Warriors won an NBA champs. Yes, I, I know who it is. Year. It was too. Played... Oh, they played it live outside of wherever, obviously wherever they played the finals. I, I believe is what he told me. So okay, uh, I might, I might, I'm just. I know the song because, fun fact, I'm not a Golden State Warriors fan. I'm a Lakers fan. You know, I got standards. No, but you're, um, not, you're not a Lakers fan, Sergio. God. I mean, <laughs> listen, don't, 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 don't shit on my year, okay? I had a rough year, okay? <laughs> this is not, this has not been my year, okay? As a Lakers fan, anyone knows, it's not been my year. But it's also not been my year in general. But that's like the point. But I remember I was at the. Um, because they, I, I believe this was 2015. They won the title in San Francisco, and I remember I was there. And I know the song you're talking about. I don't remember the artist, but I was outside the arena when it was played. That I do remember. So, what, what you say? His name is Scotty Ains. Yes. Was he? You said he was there. Um. Oh, it's it's by J Rock. My wife has just yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. That that's the one. I know it is. All right. I was outside the stadium when they won and um yeah, I was there. I know what song he's on. All right. There it is. There so, it is. Yeah, he he introduced me and the rest of the the team to that song and that's uh we kind of have to have that have to have a play of that at some point before we play cuz heck it just sets the mind right if you're not going into a into a tournament or a match and you don't think you're going to win then uh don't, don't, what's the point in turning up you know you gotta you gotta have that uh that mindset before you play i, I feel so um, yeah that's uh, for sure that's what um, we like yeah no don't yeah the lakers have broke my heart this year uh <laughs> it's right uh, Kyrie will save the day i'm sure <sighs> okay we're gonna kind of go into a tangent i i'm gonna say this right now um because I know trading players is not really a thing in Europe. You normally buy people out, kind of thing. I feel yeah. like if we if we had Kyrie, it would help us out. But yeah. he's got to be healthy. Yeah, well, he's he's, he's uh, got he's got to be healthy. He's already won with LeBron before. But the biggest factor isn't even the trade itself. Whether we have Russell, whether we have Kyrie Irving, does not matter in my opinion. I think Kyrie is slightly better. Yeah. 
we have to have a healthy Anthony Davis. I'm sorry, yeah. you cannot be nor near seven, seven feet tall, 300 pounds lean, and be injury prone. That that's got it. Like you either a giant or you're a china glass. I'm sorry. Like you got to be. If you're that big, you got to be durable, bro. That's sorry. Right. Like, your your big signing needs to be a very good doctor and physio. That's what you need. Don't worry about the <laughs> Yes, thank you. We need that. We need someone who's a good physio, someone who can keep Anthony Davis healthy. You know, I like you. You cool. You speak basketball. I like this. <laughs> oh well, literally, me and Scotty just natter on about dodgeball. Uh, sorry, basketball rather, and I'm dodgeball, but particularly basketball so much and i mean obviously you know being a what he's made me a warriors fan over the last two years first year very rough obviously not having uh clay thompson and obviously uh you know it was, certainly wasn't what we wanted but this last year he's like this is what the warriors are about <laughs> and, yeah uh, you know completely sold on it now and um yeah i want to i want to try and get out there next year and watch a game i want to try and see steph before uh before uh the, the skills start to to fade that's the that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> we're going to get into the crowdsource questions. And I will say this, a lot of these names I don't know. So right when I ask the questions, I'm going to ask in what relation they are with you. Um, sure. The first one comes from Andy Long. So before I ask this question, who is he? So Andy used to play down here. Um, he was lived in Trowbridge, which is the same time as I live in. And um, yeah, played. He was the captain of the Trowbridge team before he moved up to Stafford uh, a few months ago. Oh, okay. So Andy Long, who is James' favorite club to play against, and why? So I think you kind of hinted at that before. Yeah. So um, I'd, I'd say to, favorite to play against. I'd probably say is going to be uh, I'd say Wessex Wolves, mm. and the reason being because they're a club that you know they're based not too far away, fairly local. Um, and the reason why I'd say they're the favourite is because they, whenever we play against them, whether it be as when I've played for Bath or whether it, when I've been playing for Chippenham, it's always a really good test. So obviously their, their men's team are in the, the top division. Their women's team, I well, they certainly were in the top division this last season. You know, they've got a really quite a high, you know, very high standard of play. So it's always a good kind of benchmark when we play against them and sort of over the, over the years, those score lines have, have you know certainly improved on our side. Don't 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 win, but, but we certainly <laughs> improve anyway. Um, so that's why I'd say they're a favourite because it's always quite a good benchmark when we play against those guys. All right, and uh, who's Alex Baker? So he was is involved at Exeter University dodgeball. Uh, so yeah i don't know what position he holds but he certainly was president at one time um and his his team <clears> plays <throat> in the league that uh i run through southwest dodgeball down in toronto okay his question is what's your ideal sunday and part two don't say dodgeball <laughs> so that's that that question is from a film which is called hot fuzz have you ever watched hot fuzz sergio uh, a few times yeah actually yeah so that comes from that, that film so I've, Wanted to check whether you knew that knew that knew know the reference on that one. Whether you picked up on that particular. I, I didn't. Section. I didn't pick up on it because um, I only saw that maybe twice. No, but I, my my um because it's the same cast of the people who did Shaun of the Dead. Absolutely, that's it. Yeah, and yeah, I love Shaun of the Dead. That one I've seen backwards and fronts. 
Oh, it's so good. I love all of them. I love all of yeah. them. I mean, Hot, Hot Fuzz is probably my favorite of the three. Of the, is it three or four? I don't know. Um, mm. Definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, so my, sorry, back to the question. So my perfect Sunday probably be uh, get up, walk my walk my dog, chops, take him on a nice, nice wander, um, get, get back, have a nice, have a nice uh, breakfast. Probably potter about in my garden, do some work around my garden, and probably have a nice, nice Sunday, Sunday roast chicken or something like that, and uh, hopefully kick back and watch some sport. Hopefully watch the Warriors when they play at about nine o'clock rather than three a.m. or wherever it normally is, and, <laughs> and go to bed. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you. You you would stay up that late to watch the Warriors, and I stayed up super late to watch the Euros um, this past weekend. So give and take. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I should probably watch Hot Fuzz more often. But Shot of the Dead is my personal favorite. That's just hilarious to me. And then there was another movie. There was another movie, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's essentially about the same cast, and they're doing a pub crawl. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think what it's called. I can't think of the name, but that one is hilarious. Uh, same same cast. I just can't, for the life of me, think of the name. Um, hmm. All right, so we're going to go into the grenade that was dropped in the comments. So <laughs> I know J- James Dixon, uh, for the people who know, um, I had him on to talk about Plymouth uh, last year. So he has a few questions, and we're going to dissect each and every one of them. Uh, I don't know. Uh, where you want me to take it away? No, no. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. It's just like I want to. I don't know him personally, no, so no. I, I kind of want to come in with an open mind. But I yeah. also feel like there's a personal jab here, and we'll definitely discuss that if you like. So, first question he asked: Do you ever feel bad scamming uni, uni students in the Southwest with non-valid coaching and refereeing qualifications? Hmm. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of uh, context to go over, to be honest with you. So, um, so James so James was the, the president of um, Plymouth University. can't remember what year it was. But the following year, um, there was um, uh, a lady called Charlie, Charlie Ward who was looking after the club and she took on the presidency that year. She got to the end of the, the you know, their uni, uni, um, uni time. It was sort of, you know, towards the summer and she, she contacted me and said, James, would you be interested in coming down and doing some kind of course for the new committee just to help them with coaching and refereeing and this sort of thing? You know, you've obviously been coaching and running clubs for quite a few years. Unfortunately, um, UKDBA or British Dodgeball, whoever it was at the time, weren't able to justify or weren't able to organise getting a coaching course done. Obviously, ideally, that would be who it would be by because it would be, you know, an official qualification, all the rest of it. But she said, look, if you'd be willing to do it, we know it wouldn't be an official course, but at least they'd have your, you know, your guidance. And if there's anything you could put together that they could then use when the university season starts up again, you know, the following following, uh, following university year, then that would be wonderful. So, so yeah, so I said, absolutely fine. Um, obviously, if you can, you know, at least pay for my pay for my time and pay, pay help me to be able to get down there because Plymouth is a bit of a trek even from where I was. 
Um, and that's what we did. You know, very clear that it wasn't an official qualification or anything like that. We certainly couldn't use it anywhere else. Um, I just said that, you know, keep my details if you ever have any questions or anything I can help with. That's what I'm here for. Um, I don't know why uh, James seems to think I've scammed people. I, I certainly didn't. Um, I've even sort of checked with a couple of the people that I know that did that day of dodgeball with me just to sort of find out, you know, did I did I say that you were going to get something official or what, what happened? And, you know, what did we talk about? And they, they've kind of reconfirmed everything I've just said as well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't really know why James feels the way he does about that. Um, I've tried to talk to him about it since his since his comment last week, but unfortunately he wasn't willing to, re- to respond. So, um, yeah, is is what it is. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the reason... The, re- the reason I was kind of going into this, like, obviously a little bit, like, hesitant is because, again, I don't know him personally. Uh, like, would the, the the field, as far as the players go over there. So, this did have a hint of a dig. But I also wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about that, as well as everything else that we're going to go into. Because I would say we've been chatting for over an hour. Um, I've once his question popped up, series of questions, rather, several people came to your defense privately to me. Yeah. And yeah. I would say I don't know you personally at all, but I like to think you're very genuine. You've been you've come across very genuine. Um, you've attacked this head on and there's plenty more to attack head on. Um, next question from him. How is Chippenham such an arrogant club, even though they get carried by two international players out of their second tier mixed league? Is there a rivalry between Plymouth and Chippenham, or is this more of a... Well, I, I, again, I, I don't really know where this has come from either, unfortunately. Um, as far as I'm aware, James um, James doesn't actually play dodgeball anymore, as, 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 as I've kind of found out, which is, um, which is a shame to hear. I, I don't know if that's through injury or choice or... But what what the situation is, um, you know, I, I hope that uh, you know that he would try and keep keep involved in the sport because you know obviously he's run a university team down here. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure where the, where the angle is on this one. I, I know what he's referring to. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we this last season we have had um, Tim and Charlie Day, who you know Tim's represented Wales and Scotland, and, and Charlie's represented England. Just uh, this year has just gone. Um, and yeah, they they helped us out. Definitely, they have. Um, to say that we're an arrogant club, I, I I really don't know where that comes from. I think you know, I, I think some of the people discussed it um, in in some of the comments and the discussion since. I think you know, ultimately, uh, we're we're a bit different. You know, we are a club that uh, you know aren't university based. We aren't you know haven't got a long standing history in the community. Of dodgeball, um, you know, we're not none of these none of these guys I play with have played at university prior to joining Chippenham. They they are just you know regular regular chaps that you'd see off the street, you know, with fairly regular jobs um, and all the rest of it, and just just enjoy playing dodgeball just as much as anybody else. Um, and you know, whenever that whenever we play and whenever they play, they they go in and they want to win and they they think they can win. And I don't I don't think that's you know I can understand why people maybe think that's arrogant, but Personally, I, I wouldn't want to step on a dodgeball court without that kind of attitude. You know, um, you know. Sometimes, admittedly, I've played in teams where I know that we're probably going to lose, but 
heck, in that case, I'll set smaller goals. Let's, you know, let's win the first set. Let's win more than one set. You know, let's let's try and keep it level by half time. There's little yeah. things that you can do. But um, yeah, I I really don't know. I, as as far as I'm aware, James has never actually played against uh, Chippenham. So um, if he's basing it upon, I don't know, other maybe other people's people. perspectives, maybe could be that. Yeah, could I I I don't know. Who knows? Um, it'd be nice. Be nice if somebody could enlighten me on why people think that way. Because <laughs> uh, if if anybody's actually spoken to us or been for a drink with us after the game of dodgeball, <laughs> you'll see that we're very normal, regular people, and uh, you know we enjoy a good game of dodgeball, but we enjoy you know a good good social time afterwards as well, and a good laugh and all the rest of it. So um, yeah, for sure, and we'll stuff. definitely go into the comments after the next couple questions. Um, is it confusing running multiple clubs made up of the same few people? So again, that's quite a weird question, and well, not. I mean, not, and, not and, and and we kind of, I think we kind of highlighted it earlier, and this is something I'll take over. I think it's because, I mean, you have the same, you have multiple clubs with the same few people. It's because your region is small. That's yeah. not your fault that you know your your region is as small as it is. I mean, you you grew it from the ground up. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you'll have the same people but different kits every every week. I don't know how the scheduling works out there, so forgive me if I sound a little bit arrogant in that or ignorant in that response, but part of the reason why I wanted to have you on is the same reason I wanted to have Caitlin on or had Caitlin on is to highlight your region, to give your region a platform to discuss its history so that people will know about it and maybe create that bridge to where maybe British dodgeball comes and hosts a tournament or a cup or an open down there and give you guys an opportunity to play against higher tier players so that you guys can grow as far as skill sets concerned. And maybe some of those players who have international aspirations can actually realize that. And I feel like this question in particular, I think I take the most offense to because you can't control the amount of players that you have. No. So to speak, you can't control having say 20 players come to the same club every week. The best you can do is retain and grow steadily. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a strange strange question kind of full stop from, from my point of view because for me, the, the three clubs, if you visited them, you, would, you wouldn't actually see that many people that for each session, so it's quite. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just spitballing a number, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, no, I mean, you know, I mean, not not necessarily you, Sergio, but just in general. Like, if you visited like Mondays in Trowbridge, there's a core of players that have never been to Chippenham, for example, but they could. You know, there's nothing stopping you going to Trowbridge on a Monday night if you say you live nearby, because Trowbridge to Chippenham is twenty to thirty minutes in the car. That's pretty achievable. Again, yeah. if you wanted to go. If you lived in Chippenham and trained at Chippenham, if you wanted to go and train in Bath as well, again, Bath's half an hour in the car. It's just a nice little network. You know, we're fortunate at the moment in Chippenham that we've managed to arrange two training sessions. We've got one on a Monday night, one on a Thursday evening. But if you lived in Bath, for example, you could, in theory, go to Trowbridge on a Monday, come to go to your own club session on, on a Tuesday in Bath and go to Chippenham on a Thursday because they're all within quite a good distance of one another. And if anything, like, I don't see that as a negative thing uh, at all. If you want to no. play dodgeball three times a week 
sound bloody tastic. If your elbow can survive, good, good on you. Right? Mine, <laughs> mine couldn't, but um, you know, I, that's that's superb. But like, if you like, for me, the the core of players in each club are, are quite, you know, defined. It's quite different, um, and the sessions are quite different as well. You know, like Turbridge, they're a relatively new club, relatively full. You know, quite a lot of new players involved, but they're developing fast. But that's quite a good session if you're a new. New, new player to the sport. Tuesdays, a little bit more advanced in Bath. Um, maybe not as competitive as, say, Chippenham is, but, you know, there's Caitlin working on a lot of skills and lots of tactics and that sort of thing. And they get they get quite a lot of, you know, really good players coming along to that as well with, with, a, with a lot of experience. And, you know, Chippenham, they, they're a competitive bunch. Um, and, you know, we, we try, you know, we train hard and, you know, play hard and, you know, and party hard on the camps. So I was sort of, that's kind of, that was still, kind of built up. But, um, you know, yeah. it's, like you said, it was, it feels um, quite an unnecessary, uh, unnecessary kind of attack. And one that, um, you know, doesn't actually have much uh, knowledge or fact to it, unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I take that back. I think this one is the one that I'm offended by the most more so because it, again, I've talked to you for roughly an hour now, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not reading it correctly, but based on what I'm, I'm hearing, I don't think you're a scam artist at all. I don't. No. I think you try to make best with what you have and grow from what, what, what you can with the resources yeah. that you can. So, do you still try to actively try and convince new players to avoid British dodgeball? I don't think that's the case. I think you're trying to give opportunity. And it, again, you can answer this after, but I feel like I need to take take the floor with this one. I don't know James personally, uh, Robin Stone, I should say. Um, but I don't, I don't read you to be a scam artist at all. Maybe there's something of a loss in translation from the coaching thing that, that happened, but I don't see you as a scam artist at all. I think I see you as someone who's trying to invest time in the sport to try to grow for that region and you you do what you can with it. And if my voice means anything, if this platform means anything, I don't think that you're a scam artist by any means. Can something be lost in translation? Absolutely. But based on what I'm hearing from you, I don't find that to be the case. If there's anything you want to add to that, we could definitely add to it. If not, we can move on. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the angle that James is going with here is, is to do with, um, I mean, there was a period of time where, yeah, I didn't, didn't get along very well with the people that were behind British dodgeball. Um, but I, I, I don't, I, I've never said to anyone to like avoid them in any way. And there certainly isn't any gain from me doing that either um times of times have significantly changed um as well um but like i said like i mentioned there was a, a time period where you know i wasn't in a good speaking terms with them but i think there was a little bit of them thinking what is this southwest dodgeball thing you know they it's almost like if, as if i was some kind of competitor like, i can't compete with british dodgeball they've got the whole country i was just <laughs> trying to develop a, a develop a section of a country essentially um, it's a, it's a sliver on a map. It's, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a plenty of people and there's plenty of clubs now 
that make it, you know, what it is. Um, but, uh, you know, now I, I work with British Dodgeball. I've done half a dozen coaching courses for them over the last 18 months. Um, I've run their regional summer regional league last summer over in Tisbury. Um, I ran a summer tournament, which um, a lot of big clubs came to, with like Leamington Spartans, London Storm, Wessex Wolves, Bedford Rangers, just to name a few of the, some of the top teams that came over for that tournament. Um, and I've also helped support the um, the university league as well through British Dodgeball. So times have changed one heck of a lot. You know, I work very closely with them now. I'm entering and you know entering teams and playing in uh, British Dodgeball events and leagues. Unfortunately, James, the last time I spoke to James was about three years ago. That's a long time in in my world of dodgeball, and a lot of a lot of things has changed. And unfortunately, he's again, as I mentioned, it would have been good to have a conversation to ensure he got his his facts and his story right. But he isn't willing to engage in that conversation. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it'd be nice to move on to some nicer questions now. But I'm glad that we could at least address those, Sergio, because I think it was important. Um, For sure. Um, and that's also something I wanted to ask, but you already like kind of touched on it. Would you be willing to work with them? And you've already said you have already worked with them. I mean, British Dodgeball, I mean. Um, yeah. So you definitely want to work with them. You have worked with them. It's not as adversarial as it may have been in the past for whatever reason it was. You definitely want to, you definitely want to work with, with them in that sense and have worked with them and will continue to work with them to help grow the Southwest and maybe grow the quality of the players down the road. Um, and I, I, hear, I hear the sincerity through your voice. I mean, obviously we don't have the camera on because of latency issues, but <laughs> I definitely hear it. It's there. And I'm willing to bank on that for sure. Um, Andy oh, Long. Oh, sorry. Go for it. <laughs> uh, how proud does it make you feel, James, when players do the Southwest trip? What's the Southwest triple? Oh, so that's where he's talking about that you go to Trowbridge on a Monday, start <laughs> on a Tuesday, and then play, uh, you know, play at Chippenham on a Thursday as well. So, yeah, we, oh, okay. Because, <laughs> Got it. because he used to do it quite a lot when he lived there. So <laughs> he, uh, he wanted a name for it, so um, he's blowing his own trumpet there. He's probably, he's probably still holds the record for the most times of doing it, even though he he moved away about six months ago. So I uh, <laughs> <laughs> got it. All right. That's what you called it. Um, next question. Who is Tasha Moreno? So Tasha is um, gosh, a bit of history on her. She, she played at Plymouth university, um, mm. graduated and then went and did a master's at Bath university. And again, got involved with the clubs locally um, and coaches. Our under 11 session in Chippenham, um, and plays for Chippenham Chargers as well, and is our welfare officer for the club. So, um, yeah, she's mm. uh, yeah, been a huge, huge help for our our junior section in particular in Chippenham. So her question is, what do you think the positives are of not having a university club feet in your members? It's actually interesting. I don't know. Yeah, so we kind of touched a little bit on this. It's just... Really, she's referencing the Chippenham team here because um, the, the Bath, well, and a little bit with the Trowbridge team as well, because there isn't a natural feeder university team into university into the Trowbridge club. Um, so I, I mean, 
like I said earlier a little bit about Chippenham team in particular, you know, it's it's just quite regular, you know, off the street kind of people. Um, you know, there is differences between them and uh, your, um, you know, your university guys, because at least the university guys have got some kind of experience of, um, you know, playing dodgeball prior to turning up to a club. Um, I mean, it's, I'd say it's, it can be quite, quite challenging, but I'd say, that the attitudes are quite a bit different. Um, I think they're quite a bit more relaxed, I'd say, maybe. I think there's a lot more fun focused with with the group that we've got. Um, you know, obviously, we want to do well and we want to take the sport seriously, but, you know, there's there's also, you know, an element of that, you know, it is, it is a hobby, you know, it, and that's that's what it what it kind of always, always is likely to be. I mean, there is the potential that, you know, a few of the members may want to go on and play at a higher level, or you know, might might feed into an international team if they qualify and all that sort of thing. But you know, I think it it diversifies the wider community as well. Um, and you know, like there is having you, you know clubs that are just you know players that played at university and then go into the system. That kind of that's a bit of a for the maybe a bit of a bubble in a way, you know. And uh, you know, I think having a you know, a genuine kind of organic, organic, organic community club adds adds something different to the to the you know to the community and to the sport. So, um, yeah, that's what I kind of say about that. <laughs> mm. Who's Tom Carlton? So Tom played at Bath University and used to come along to uh, training sessions when I ran Bath, and also come to Chippenham as well. Um, he now plays for the Ronda Dragons um, mm. and is in the Welsh um, squad. He didn't, he didn't play at Euros, which I'm gutted about. I think he should have been included in the squad um, personally, but um, hopefully he'll maybe make it to the next Euros. But um, yeah, that's who Tom is. Okay. So when can we expect a return of dodgeball doubles? Now, does he mean 2v2 tournaments? Yes. Okay, yes, yes. I just want to make sure if we're on the same page. Uh, so you held a lot of two v two tournaments in your region. Yeah, so I've done a few, like within the clubs. Um, normally, is kind of like a, you know, just before Christmas break, there's something a bit different and fun to do, or, you know, before we kind of have a, maybe a summer break or whatever. And we did, we did do one which was a wider one where we invited lots of clubs and we held it in Bristol, but. Um, I think I kind of pushed it, pushed the boundaries a little bit. I tried to do a men's, a mixed, and a women's tournament all in one day, and it just didn't quite work out. It was a bit too kind of bitten off a bit more than I could chew that day. But um, I'm going to have a real good think about it. It's something that I had hoped to maybe do this last season, um, but um, I don't know. Just it was quite a lot of playing as well as organising this last season. It was just quite hard to find a gap. But um, absolutely, I, I want to do it because. Um, it was it is really good fun. I'm, I'm sure if you've done it, Sergio, it's is such a good, oh, good yeah. Well. Hard work, but good fun <laughs> all the Yeah, I've done doubles in foam. I've done uh, doubles in rubber. Yeah, it's and we do it in a racquetball court, so you're really engaged right off the bat. Um, I've done yeah, it with yeah. five balls, and we chased the one in the middle. I've done it with three balls, where each of us had one, and. We went for the one in the middle. Like, I've done it in various formats the past 12 years. It's very engaging and definitely fun. Um, I find that with doubles tournaments, 
you definitely develop quicker because you're you're more engaged in the game and you have more space to operate. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's intense, but yeah, no, it's it just I think it really develops different different skills as well because you know you have you do have to keep keep that cardio up because it is such a such a lot of back and forth. But um, yeah, no, we'll, I, I want to give it another crack at making making a tournament or some kind of competition for sure. Um, who's Adam Badley? I don't actually know Adam at, at all, to be honest. <laughs> um, he, uh, I believe I've been told he plays at Manchester Bees. Apparently, I might have come across him at uh, this, this mixed league last season. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe he's something to do with Manchester Bees. I don't know what, whether he has a committee role or... Yeah, that's all um, I know. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I read this question earlier and I forgot that he asked it because there's so much going on. And I'm going to say, does creating a bubble in a certain region not hinder players' development in the sport? Surely it's a struggle to grow when the rest of the country simply has better access to playing at a higher level of the game. Again, I don't believe you're creating a bubble. I believe you're creating a platform to maybe bridge the gap for the country as a whole. Yeah. yeah and exactly. It's just, I, I don't, I don't understand where that's coming from. Um, again, you, you said you might've come across them once or twice. Uh, I, I know Manchester Beast has a lot of people on their club and he, you know, as far as I know, I don't know who he is not to dismiss him at all. I just simply don't know. He's probably, he's lost in the shuffle as far as I'm concerned. But I, I don't I don't want to say it's a dumb question, but I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding that we're definitely tackling right here as far as your intent with the sport, with your region, and what you want out of it. Uh, because who wants to create a bubble and, and, and stay within that bubble? Like, look at, yeah, like I don't. Like, look, look at this podcast. Since season three... I decided to take this format that we had locally in the States and make it international. Yeah. I didn't want to keep this stateside. I wanted to expand. I wanted to grow. And I think that's a similar goal that you have with your region, your, your, your teams and what you helped developed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sort of taking, take Chippenham as an example kind of club. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's a club that's been going like four years now, I think, off the top of my head, or coming up to four years. Um, and, you know, obviously, initially, it was just to basically survive, you know, try and get enough people to the sessions to make the sessions financially viable. You know, that's that's that's, that's always a good start, um, which is, is exactly what we got to. And then it was like, right, do you, you boys fancy playing, you know, a bit of competitive stuff, which we did you know, did some friendlies and it was like, right, let's, let's enter something locally. So last summer we did, or no, prior to COVID, we entered the Bath League, you know, had mixed results, but, you know, I entered them into it knowing that they weren't going to get, you know, smashed, you know, they were going to win. They were going to do all right. Cause I don't see the point, don't see the value in going into something unless you do at least stand some kind of chance of winning. Um, or, you know, certainly, you know, aren't going to, you know, be completely demoralized as everybody, crashes you um and now you know this last season you know maybe we could have gone for national leagues 
unfortunately just it was just a, it just felt too much of a risk with you know just out of, after covid you know it was it was quite a lot it could have been quite a lot to handle and it could have could have been detrimental but you know we decided to go for the national mixed league instead um which you know we learned so much from we we managed to come second um which was a fantastic achievement um we used we used quite a lot of club players across that uh, across those fixtures and you know next season yeah we want to go for national leagues you know we we want to keep keep doing stuff locally but we also want to try and you know expand and try and go for those competitions at the national at a national level but was you know there's there's players you know individual players that play down here in the southwest that have gone on to help teams that are already at national league you know they've been recruited by them off the back of performances at tournaments and leagues that I've put on you know if if they weren't having the platform to do anything you know locally you know then then these people wouldn't necessarily even be playing dodgeball at all it's just it is exactly as you said I'm giving people the platform and an opportunity to play whether it be just in a club if you and you don't want to compete that's fine got plenty of people that do that if you do want to compete we'll give you the opportunity to compete but we'll give you the opportunity to compete where you're not going to get you know beaten really easily you are going to stand a good chance and it is going to be a good game because I, ultimately i want to give people value for their time and their efforts um <laughs> and yeah it's not a bubble you know there's plenty of people that are going to you know, going all over the place to play dodgeball now. Um, and, uh, yeah, we obviously, ultimately, all these players and teams down there want to be playing at the higher level. But logistics of how far away some things are is a challenge. Um, and, you know, there's there's lots of other challenges as well. You know, are they actually going to be good enough? Are they, is, is going up to another tournament really going to be, a, you know, a, a pro you know, a, a productive use of their time. Who knows? But, um, you know, hopefully we'll see, won't just see Chippenham going up and all over the country. We'll see Bath going all around the country and we'll see, you know, maybe the Dartmoor Beasts going all around the country that are another community club. Um, and, yeah, you just never know. But you've got to, you've got to start somewhere. And um, for a lot of these players and a lot of the people, that, you know, people that come to the tournaments, it is their first first tournament. Um, and I just hope that they enjoy it and quite a lot of them have done and uh, you know who who knows what's next for them so uh, yeah yeah um, and now something I wanted to also tackle on like in some ways it is a bubble because you guys are very tight-knit as a community I mean yeah. you're pretty much 30 minutes away in either direction for completing the triple <laughs> which I think um, who was it that completed the triple was it uh uh, so was it Carlton? No, it was um, and Andy. Adam. A of times, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we it's been a lot, a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> like you're pretty much, yeah. You have a bubble in that you can go to any club within thirty mi thirty minutes, not thirty miles, thirty minutes of each other. Yeah. But it's not a bubble in where it's like you guys are inclusive or uh, exclusive. You want to be well, inclusive with the country as a whole in some way and find a way to make it work logistically. And I hope anyone who hears this in the British dodgeball side, and I think, it, you know, obviously your working relationship with them, there'll be more opportunities for that down the road. And I would like to think that this interview help expands that as well as your region as a whole. Um, Aaron Roberts, we kind of touched on it, uh, but if there's anything you want to add, uh, proudest, uh, proudest dodgeball achievement. 
Um, so I'd probably, I'd probably say it's kind of a quite of a sweeping one, really. But probably just like the amount of young people that I've attracted to the sport. Mm. Um, so you know, like there's so many that have come to clubs in Bath, clubs in Trowbridge, clubs in Chippenham. Um, and yeah, I think it's quite a sweeping one. There isn't, it's hard to kind of pinpoint one necessarily, but I think, yeah, just kind of just the amount of people that have played as a result of the work that I've put in. Um, and I think that will continue always to be, to be the proudest, uh, proudest kind of achievement for me is just, just getting people active and getting people active in our sport. Um, who's taught? Oh, wait, no, we, we already figured it out. Never mind. Um, with all the young people's after school dodgeball clubs you run, what is the hope for the next generation of dodgeball players? And do you see it kicking off in schools and becoming part of the sporting curriculum? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a very good question. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, to touch on what I hope to achieve, I mean, for me, if, if I can coach you know, say a kid comes, you know, is at my clubs at the moment and is, I don't know, 10 years old or whatever. If they can stick out the sport, go through the under 16 session and then, you know, obviously get into the adult team. If they can get, go through that and then, I don't know, qualify to go and play for, I don't really care what country, to be honest with you, Sergio, whatever <laughs> heritage they've got and play internationally, then that would be, that would be like an absolute dream for me because, to, to take a kid from literally, you know, never potentially never playing the sport to then go and play on the elite elite stage, well, that would be incredible. And I, I see that that is going to be the pathway for kids. You know, in obviously over here, you know, um, football or probably soccer is more familiar to you is, is the number one sport. Um, but dodgeball in primary school age, so, you know, six to 11, dodgeball is, you know, up in the top, top three favourite sports you know, for that age group. And for me, it's it's about giving them as much opportunity as possible. Now, it's like fantastic that they love it at, uh, at that age, you know, but can they, how can they continue doing it? And, uh, you know, ultimately, I want I want more clubs to be putting on sessions for, for kids so that they can, one, they can give those kids the opportunities to keep going. But the benefit for them is that their club will become so much more sustainable. They'll constantly have this stream of recruits you know, people are always saying, oh, we struggle to get more players. We really struggle. Well, why don't you just have a junior section? And then you have literally free recruits every single year because by the time they get to 16 or 17, they're big enough and strong enough and fast enough to be able to take your spot probably. <laughs> so um, you know, it's, it's the perfect it's the perfect system. Um, and we're seeing it over here. Like you can, you know, you can... I say study dodgeball, you know, you can do it as part of your physical physical activity education over here. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the pathway that I hope will be strengthened and expanded. So this was a person I was really wanting to ask because we already covered who Tasha was. Uh, who's Ro Mike? So that is Tasha's boyfriend, Mike, who is our vice captain in uh, the Chipman team. His question seems like a bit of a shot up. How do you achieve the level of success which you've, which you've had being a one-man band? You took a region with little to no support from the government body, set up multiple clubs, offer training to adults and juniors across the Southwest, and regularly provide highly competitive events for players to participate in. 
So how do you do it, man? (laughs) 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 I mean, on top of everything that we've already covered and a lot of jabs, how do you do it? Well, I mean, it's firstly, thank you for the shout out because I think (laughs) uh, I know that Mike was particularly upset by a few of the comments as well, um, as were quite a lot of other people. And this is kind of a thank you to everyone that uh, offered me support and offered... um, me a bit of a soundboard about a few things as well over the last week is um yeah it was wasn't exactly the most pleasant some of the comments and some of the stuff but um but yeah i mean for me like how do i how do how did i achieve it i mean i don't know it's it's been a lot of hard work it's been a lot of time it's um you know i can't say it is just me you know i have had a lot of help um my wife lily is is probably listened to god knows how many hours of me losing the will to live when it comes to something dodgeball related um or just you know tearing my hair out about things um and um yeah like i couldn't do it without her support and help without her help um and you know lots of other people that have contributed to to helping as well you know caitlin has even mike has tasha has the list just goes on and on of all the people that have supported and helped help the clubs over time. Um, it is just, I don't know. It's, I, I am passionate about the sport. I am passionate about growing the sport and I just want, you know, want to give as many people as possible the opportunity to play it. So, you know, that's, that's always going to be my goal and always going to be my aim. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I kind of one of those people that, you know, if I, bit of a you know dog with a bone kind of thing you know you just kind of just want to don't want to give up and just want to keep going and keep going and just trying to push push the boundaries and just kind of see what what we can achieve and um you know it's i'm always thinking about things that i could do that could be different or could improve what i've already done and uh you know it's uh i, I value people's feedback as well um particularly constructive feedback because you know you need to need that <laughs> must uh, put that uh asterisk in there um but um <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of time, a lot of hard work, and um, you know, it's uh, it's it's great great to see that you know people are so happy with it now. Yeah, um, I, in a strange way, not to throw myself too much into this, but I, I feel the same way. Like with every interview, I never think I do things perfectly. So, the fact that people support it still blows my mind. <laughs> The fact that people are still willing to come on still blows my mind. It feels like I'm doing something right, but for me, I never feel like I do anything perfect. And um, I always try to think of what what I can do better, how to be more engaging, how to make my guests more comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, that's, you have a lot of the same drive um, with what you're doing. And this is something you threw in there that I kind of want to poke fun at. Looks like we've got a lot to get through. Alex Baker, <laughs> dodgeball. <laughs> I respond, bro, I'm going through some shit here. <laughs> Ask anyone. <laughs> this is a breeze. So not to throw my situation out there too much, but for those who know, cool. For those who don't, maybe an explanation will be coming soon because I'm also going through some stuff on my side of the fence. And to segue, uh, Lily Robinstone, what is your favorite event to organize and why? And before we ask answer that question, who is Susie Elizabeth? <laughs> So Susie is um, one of Lily's best friends. She she played dodgeball with us in at university, um, and could still play. She plays um, down at uh, Wessex Falls. 
Okay. So her comment, if he doesn't say your wedding, get it <laughs> Okay, now we have a playful jab for once. Uh, favorite event to organize? Well, Susie might want me to say our wedding, but I did very little of the organizing for the wedding, so I can't so, take any credit. So who, who organized, the, if you don't mind me, who organized the wedding? Much, much more my wife did, to be perfectly honest with you. That's, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know why Susie has this impression that you organized it, but okay. No, well, um, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> any, any opportunity for a joke, Susie's, Susie's always there. So, um, yeah. Susie, when it comes um, to jabs, these are the ones I prefer. <laughs> well, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. No, I think, um, so favorite event to organize and why. So rather than just trying to narrow it down to one, I could probably say one particular tournament that I always run each year. So um, we, uh, when it, so each Remembrance Sunday, so where um, we always had, you know, parades and, you know, obviously everybody wears poppies during that period in early November. Um, and um, we obviously have, you know, veterans that put, uh, you know, reefs at their local um, cenotaphs or the, you know, the cenotaph in London and that sort of thing. We, um, basically the, the, the reason behind it is because it's Lily and I's tournament really like we both both have been, been involved in every single one and um, uh, both of our we both have grandparents that fought during the Second World War um, and have got military backgrounds um, and it just really means a lot to us to raise as much money as possible for the Poppy Appeal and sort of you know other veterans charities etc um, so that those tournaments are probably our favourites and certainly my favourite. Um, we always try to make sure they're mixed mixed tournaments as well. So um, you know we get a really good get a really good crowd um, and like the, the tournament pretty much like sells out before like almost like in a week now. It's just so popular each year. Um, and um, yeah, we always have a moment of silence at the start before we play, and you know it's it's just. It's always like I've never I've never had anybody give any like negative feedback about that event. Like everyone's always seems to have enjoyed it, and I've always enjoyed it as well. And we've raised so much money for charity as a result. And um, yeah, that probably is my my favorite uh, favorite dodgeball event. Certainly, <laughs> that's that's cool. Um, the reason I'm laughing is because I'm sure Susie's going to send you a message for not saying the wedding. Um, <laughs> who is uh, Lewis David Francis? So he plays for Chippenham um, and he actually turned up to one of the two people that turned up to the first ever adult training session. So, um, yeah, he's... Uh, what is your next goal for Southwest Dodgeball? Um, just, uh, I mean, it's hard to kind of say one particular goal. I mean, it's always going to be to, you know, to grow the sport and, you know, develop the sport. Um, I want to try and get more involved with schools, like, locally to me. Um like I, I run an after school club in Bath, but I live in Trowbridge, which is a good sort of half an hour away. It'd be nicer to kind of be a bit more actively engaged with, with local schools to me. That would probably be my next kind of, you know, sort of short term, quite hopefully achievable goal. Um, and um, yeah, it'd be to, to kind of build those kind of connections and, and contacts, I think. Nice. Uh, David Skull, he asked two questions. What one rule would you change to improve the game? So, off the back of watching Euros this weekend, I would like 
for the cloth game to have just one type of court. So you probably saw, Sergio, that the neutral zone was quite large in the European Championships, but over mm-hmm. in over here in Britain, we play in quite a small neutral zone. I personally, I don't, I don't really mind which one. Personally, I prefer the Euro one. I think it adds adds a lot of dynamism to the sport and makes it very very exciting. Um, so I think if I could change something, it would be probably that to try and uniform. I don't know why we've got a different court over here in Britain. Maybe maybe someone in the comments after this can explain why we've got something different over here. <laughs> um, I'm sure someone might say Brexit, possibly, but I don't want to go down that route. So. <laughs> hey, we've gone down several routes. <laughs> um, all right. So how far have you traveled for a match? Uh, well, I mean, Middlesbrough was pretty far, but I didn't play in that, <laughs> that for Wales. Um, probably up to Stafford, I suppose, um, for the mixed league this last season. So, uh, okay. you know, the best part of three hours there and then three Eesh. hours back. Or, yeah. <laughs> Dylan Ross. Uh, I actually got to meet him uh, before. Which do you prefer, afternoon gardening or an evening playing dodgeball? <laughs> Okay, that's actually funny. Afternoon gardening. Uh, oh, probably. Well, they, they both bring very different things to my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy them for very different reasons. I enjoy gardening because it's just sort of very calming and relaxing. And, uh, um, you know, you obviously you do see the fruits of your labor, which is which is wonderful. But, um, you know, playing dodgeball, you get a lot of your frustrations out. And obviously doing exercise, you know, brings those, uh, bring those endorphins out and you do feel a lot better after playing dodgeball and playing sport so um, it's a bit of a flip of a coin really to be honest with how hot it is at the moment I'd probably prefer (laughs) well currently uh, I would say for you dodgeball in the air conditioned gym got it Uh, yeah that would balance definitely (laughs) (laughs) Andy Long if you got popcorn to read this thread which would you choose sweet or (laughs) salty I love this. Okay. (laughs) Definitely some popcorn. All right. This is a twist. A question for me. Sergio, what is your favorite Southwest dodgeball kit, including the new Bath Spartans kit? Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what all the kits look like. (laughs) I'd be impressed if you did. (laughs) I I mean, literally, I know uh, Chippenham. Yep. Bridge, and Jesus Christ, this new Bath Spartan kit sp- screams my name, but apparently it, uh, Plymouth Krakens fall into that as well? Yeah, so they're, they're based within the southwest region, so um, I suppose... Okay. Could... <clears throat> well, I, 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 really... I reckon you should sit on the fence, Sergio, and say, look, send, I think you should all send your pictures of your kits to Sergio, and then he can make his educated decision. I, I think they're, <laughs> Pushing you into a corner here, Sergio. I don't. I don't want you to. Don't want you to make any rash decisions. No, no, no. It, it's fair. It's fair. Um, I will say because I didn't know. Like, I'm still learning the geography, kind of, of England in, in that way. Like, I'm familiar where the Midlands are. What What's in the Midlands? What's north? What's kind of south? Um, I'm definitely digging. I have a thing for um, warriors of the past. You know, gladiators. Uh, Spartans, ninjas, etc. Like I designed um, one of my jerseys with a modern version of a ninja. Um, that's actually uh, a jersey I gave to a dear friend of mine, uh, Hannah Catterall. And there's an interesting story behind that, but I'll share that another time. Um, 
this new Bath Spartans kit. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of historical references in there, and I love that. Yeah. But I will go on record, and as for now, I will say Bath Spartans, especially this new one here. Yeah. But my favorite uni kit, I, I got to go with Plymouth. Um, the, the, the one I got, it looks so clean, looks so fresh. Yeah. Um, but I also, like, like you said, I don't know. <laughs> there's not, I don't know if you guys have a YouTube channel or if there's like <laughs> any way I can see all the kits, but I'm just going by what I have limited knowledge of. Uh, but yeah. yeah, feel free to send me pictures and everything to see. But yeah, definitely the Bass Spartans one speaks to me in that sense, just because I love Warriors of the Past kind of. Um, I'll send you um I'll send you a link from the a link to the album of photos from the, the last last season Taunton League because then you'll get you'll see quite <laughs> a few of them in there so that's 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 the majority of the clubs pretty much so um yeah I'll, I'll send that to you after this and then you can you can you can have a look but I agree with you the Plymouth the Plymouth Krakens kit with the you know the tentacles going around the back and the front is, that um, yeah that's the one that's uh, I, so good. when I saw that I kind of felt like I don't know if you ever seen this movie um, Attack of the Titans. Yeah, yeah. With Liam Neeson as uh, Zeus? Yeah. Okay, so the, there's this iconic scene, and Liam Neeson also, he's in Taken, um, but there's this iconic line that often goes forgotten, release the Kraken. And when I saw that jersey, it felt like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> definitely one of my favorite surprise jerseys I got the past year. Um, definitely want to shout out Hannah for that, because I did not see that coming. Uh, Susie Elizabeth, now she's asking a question. Um, why do you think people are salty who have never set up multiple clubs and created their own dodgeball leagues, opens, get so salty about your achievements? My personal opinion is jealousy and the lack of entrepreneur, entrepreneurial risk to do such tasks in their spare time. Adam Badley, he, his response is, I mean, there's two comments that can be regarded as negative. Uh, I mean... Yeah, people are just jealous, and that's that, I guess. <laughs> James Radford with a meme. <laughs> uh, Simpsons meme that I can only say just, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin Barber, are there more clubs in the horizon? Uh, hopefully. Um, I mean, personally, I'd, I'd like to kind of be you know, the man kind of lighting the match, but not necessarily holding it forever. It'd be nice to kind of just sort of get something started and just let somebody get on with it a bit, a bit more. So I don't, I don't have the time to be having so much of a hands-on kind of, um, you know, management of a club. Like, you know, I need to, I need to focus on kind of what I've got as well. You know, like, um, I mean, the, the team, my team is chipping them and, you know, it, it needs a hands-on approach and need someone to, to lead it up with with the rest of the committee and the coaching team, so um, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm always keen to support people. So you know, if you're listening to this and you live, doesn't necessarily need to be in the southwest region in, in any part of the country, or you just want to sort of you know chat over what you could do to set up a club, whether it be junior or adult, whatever it is, just give me a shout because you know there's there's so much to think about, but hopefully. You know, I can help guide you on things. Um, I mean, even obviously, I'm not. I've never. I've not set up a club in another country, but some <laughs> of the things that we do over here might be useful to you as well, wherever you are. Like, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm always open to anyone who's keen to do anything dodgeball development-wise. It's, uh, it's what I'm passionate about, and it's, I'm always keen to help people. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd love to say, yep, I'd love to have a be running my, you know, several more clubs myself. But uh, there's only so many hours in a day in a week, and <laughs> there's only so much, uh, so much energy I have to give. So, um, but yeah, and, and if I can ever help anybody, just uh, you know. Drop me an email, have a look on Southwest Dodgeball Facebook or find me personally on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you use. And, you know, I'm more, more than happy to help. For sure. And we've talked about her, or I talked about her uh, several times in this episode in some way or, or another. Hannah Catterall. <laughs> First off, her comment, what the heck is this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just interviewing. This hit me just as much as it hit him. Uh, but the next question, <laughs> her, her serious question. You're a busy man with dodgeball. How do you find balancing that in a normal life? Sometimes very difficult indeed. But um, <laughs> I think um, I just—I mean, you know, I—I'm a busy man with dodgeball. Dodgeball is not my full-time job. Um, you know, I, I, I work as uh, working a mortgage broker as, as dealing with complaints and a lot of unhappy people. Um, but um, <laughs> you know, when I'm not doing that, then I'm, I am doing stuff. You know, doing coaching in schools and running my clubs etc um and i think i'm just i'm very lucky with where i live i live i mentioned it to you sergio before the podcast like if i look outside my window i've got fields for as far as the eye can see and that's just perfect for me and walking my dog um Mm -hmm. and um, i'm lucky that i've got such a such a loving and supportive wife as well that, that um you know listens to me moaning and groaning and you know, tearing my hair out about dodgeball and everything else. And, you know, she gives it back as well about stuff in her life. But, um, <laughs> you know, we got a good good support of each other and everything that we do. Um, and, yeah, we just, you know, I'm just very fortunate in a very fortunate position. You know, I've got uh, ways of ways of chilling out and ways of, you know, doing lots of, you know, things I'm passionate for with dodgeball as well. So, you know, some, some weeks are a bit madder than others, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm looking forward now. I've, I've, t- today I did my last uh, after-school dodgeball club over in Bath, so I've got the next uh, five, six weeks without uh, without that as they have a break for the summer holidays. So um, it's rest and, rest and recharge time now. <laughs> <laughs> next one is a staple Hannah question. What are you most grateful for today? <laughs> well, I kind of touched upon it. Probably my, my wife, Lily, and uh, my... My little dog chops, I'd say. Um, both. Oh, you got a dog? Oh, yeah, yeah. you did mention. What's uh, what breed? So he's a, he's a uh, he's a Romanian rescue dog. Um, and to kind of describe him, he's he's like the height and kind of size of like a corgi, but has got a lot of kind of uh, sort of uh, collie kind of features. Um, I'll send mm. you a picture of him, Sergio, because it's, it's, he's he's quite unique. But um, yeah, he's. Uh, he just like just looking at him now. He's he's just flopped over flopped over the uh, the carpet next to me because <laughs> he's just like, why is it so hot? I don't want it to be hot anymore. <laughs> I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain. Um, and of course, she had to hit you in the gut with this one. How does it feel knowing you're a better person than most? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. needless to say, if you have Hannah in your corner. You're never going to lose. And that right there is the perfect way to end arguably the toughest question segment I've ever had to deal with in near 100 recordings. Um, (laughs) I say that. 
Do I get uh-huh. a badge of honor for that? Do I get a badge of honor for that, Sergio? <laughs> you send me your address. I'll send. I'll send one for sure. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, I mean, it's not so much the 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 amount of questions given. I don't mind that. No. It felt like, and obviously, I'm not you. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not you. So this is obviously going to hit you a little differently. I was navigating a landmine. Uh, yeah. And the fact that you were willing to take it all on speaks to your character, speaks to your, and this is just me. I'm just going to go right into it. Um, what would you like your legacy to be once you step away from the court? Um, just to be someone who's just given lots of opportunities for people to play dodgeball. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd like it that, you know, if when I'm not playing anymore or heck not even not even on this planet anymore um that people would be like well you know well, how did that start oh it was this guy it was it was he was called James he did this that's that's the kind of thing that I'd like to leave eventually is that uh you know I'd be the be someone who was you know a spark for a huge network of uh, amazing dodgeball clubs hopefully in the future hmm. man um I want to say something um, as far as what I believe your legacy will be. Uh, but before I do, I'll say this to the, the viewers, and I, I, I've already said this before. A lot of times when I have guests on, I have them go through the questions in the comments and allow them to omit whatever question they want for whatever reason, and I don't ask. It's on them. James took this on head on. And that says a lot. That speaks to a lot of what he's willing to overcome, what he's willing to face, and ultimately the kind of dog he is. Let's just face it. Like, let me just say this right now. I think you speak with a lot of sincerity. I think you have a lot of goodwill in your heart. Um, Can some things, again, can some things be lost in translation? Absolutely. But personally, I don't see... I don't see you as a scam artist at all. No. Um, if anything, I'll just say it: you're a dog, man. You, <laughs> you, you, you are you. You put in a lot of time to give people an opportunity. You give you put a lot of time in your investment, a lot of your heart, a lot of your soul. You've taken a lot of jabs, but I can say this from people who publicly defended you. And people who privately defended you to me, you have a lot more people in your corner, whether you realize it or not. Um, not to speak about my situation too much, but I'm going through some shit right now. Let's just put it out there. Um, I've kind of called myself the enemy of the state for more reasons than one. But I want you to take this, hopefully, this experience does you justice down the road. Hopefully this opens up more opportunities for British dodgeball to do more events down your neck of the woods. Cause obviously travel is going to be an issue. Yeah. I mean, the UK is not as big as the United States, but that doesn't mean the logistics are any harder. I mean, a three hour drive is still a three hour drive. A four hour yeah. drive is still a four hour drive. You know what I mean? Some people may not be able to drive that far. Some people may not be able to fly that far. But 
just the opportunities that you've given. I would like to think 10 years down the road, the Southwest will be in a better place and you have more time to spend on your garden, more time to spend with your wife, more hair on your head that you don't have to pull out. Because um, you deserve it, bro. Um, I'm not saying that to walk away now. I'm not saying to walk away later. But I hope that when you do, you do with peace. You do it with peace. And I consider it a privilege to cement your, cement your story here. I consider it a privilege to... Being expand to expand the voice of the Southwest. I mean, hell, I don't even know all the clubs there. <laughs> I don't know all the clubs there. Let's just put it out there. This is the one region I'm learning about the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would like to see more kits. I would like to see what a Taunton kit looks like or a Bristol kit or, you know what I mean? Like, like I would yeah. like to be able to answer Dylan's question with more certainty. I can only yeah. answer to what I know. And does that open up uh, the door for backlash for me? Absolutely. But I'm also willing to accept it in an effort to, to learn. And in the same way that you're willing to take on the criticism to expand your region, to give it more opportunity, I got to respect you, man. Um, from Hollywood to Bath, uh, I respect you. And I hope that everyone who hears you Everyone who hears your story, people who don't know your name will definitely know your name, definitely know your region, will know your story after the fact and maybe reach out to you should they go to the Southwest. Yeah. You know, you, you've definitely done a great job there. And like I said, my DMs are always open and people were definitely open to defend you in that sense. So I consider it an honor. I hope that the time you spent sharing your story was as comfortable as it could be before we got to the segment. Um, but yeah, man, definitely well, would love to have a pint with you someday for sure. Oh, definitely. Well, ho hopefully uh, my, my, my plan is to head over to Croatia for the Euros next year. I, I, I don't want to be watching that one at home. I, I've, I enjoyed this one too much on YouTube. I want to be there in person and uh, yeah, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely sink a few. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you, you want to go there in person. I want to be able to watch it at a reasonable time. I don't want to watch it at 5 a.m. every year. But I still do it anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I got a shout out. Uh, NI for doing such a great job in Euros. That was that was beautiful. Uh, but before, before we wrap up, uh, do you have any uh, shout outs you'd like to give? Um, well, I think um, I probably covered quite a lot of them in those questions there. I mean, you know, for thank, sure. Man. Thank, thank you to everyone who, who, who provided those questions and also offered lots of support. And, um, you know, I, I had messages and, and lots of support, you know, um, over the last week and particularly, you know, when those comments and, and questions were coming in. And, um, you know, just, you know, thank you to everyone who's, you know, been involved in, in any capacity, whether it be turned up to a training session, regularly turn up to club sessions, been to a tournament, been to a league, been to anything that I've put on. You know, I couldn't do it without uh, you guys turning up and actually, you know, wanting to play dodgeball at some of my events. And, um, and yeah, big thank you to you, Sergio, as well, for having me on as well. And it's, uh, I look forward to hearing it back and um, hopefully... Uh, 
you know, hope hope's all good, hope's all hope all is good with you and hope things improve, whatever's going on with you as well. And um yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh definitely share a beer or beer or two in the future, I'm sure. For sure. All right, and we will wrap up. All right, and that was my interview with James Robinstone. James, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story, as well as helping me put Southwest Dodgeball on the map. Um, my next interview will be a recap of the Euros. Um, so stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, uh, if you listened up to this point, thanks so much. Before I wrap up, um, I got I to gotta say this. Um, James is a dog. He did not run from anything thrown his way. And that's something I got to respect. Um, if anyone can sit there in the hot seat and take it as gracefully as he did, uh, great. I mean, you're a great, you're a better man for it. You're a better man than most. <laughs> so I just had to sign off with that proper, proper sign off. So um, stay tuned for the next episode.